Hi everyone, welcome to the Golden Ratio Podcast. I am Jen, GR Mom, joined as always by GR Dad. Yes, hi. How's it going, GR Dad? Pretty good. I'm thinking I'm not always joining you, but I guess I'm always joining you, at least virtually. If you're not with me in person, I say joined over distance by GR Dad. Oh, yeah, yeah, I like it. Yeah. You're always with me, but if you're over distance, I say so. The cocktail of the week this week is called the Hugo Spritz, sent to us, I believe, by friend of the squad, Brittany. The Hugo Spritz is a very... Um, Who's this Hugo guy? Well, let me see if I can tell you. Uh, the Hugo Spritz. I was first introduced to the is Hugo. It is it something else? Uh, the Spritzes date back to the 1800s. Austro-Hungarian Empire. I mean, that'd be interesting. The Hugo Spritz was created in the Tyrol region of Italy near the Austrian border by Roland Gruber, who created the Hugo as the alternative to the Aperol Spritz, replacing Aperol with elderflower syrup. But elderflower syrup's not as common in the United States, though we certainly have some in Florida. So you can get St. Germain elderflower liqueur, and so that's how you can make it. So it doesn't say why he named it that. Well, he was the grandfather of Hans Gruber, who tried to take over that building at Christmas time and got fallen down by in, Willis. That's my favorite Christmas movie. <laughs> He's, Hans Gruber's in there. Anyway, his grandfather invented the Hugo. So the Hugo Spritz is just like an Aperol Spritz in that it has Prosecco or some kind of sparkling wine. And just a hint that you can get La Marca Prosecco in like little bottles, like individual serve bottles at the grocery store, which are really good if you're not going to make a whole pitcher of spritzes. I once went out to, uh, to dinner with a friend who wrote a movie that you guys have seen, Guardians of the Galaxy. She oh, wrote that movie. Only that. <laughs> and uh, I was out having drinks with her and, and my friend Summer Ash, who's an astrophysicist, and we were talking about cocktails, and we were talking about, I don't know if it was Aperol spritzes, some kind of spritz. And I was like, what do you do with the like rest of the bottle, right? Like you open a bottle of champagne or prosecco or whatever to make Aper- to make an Aperol spritz. Like, it has like a juice like tap- a splash of the liquid in it, right? I mean, you're just topping it up like that. So spritzes are three to two to one ratios: three proseccos, two of the liqueur, <coughs> and one of soda water. It's not nearly a bottle. It's definitely not a bottle. And uh, I was like, "What do you do with the rest of it?" And she's like. We make a whole bottle's worth, and then we drink it. And I was like, "Oh, I see." <laughs> I mean, that is sort of like asking, like, like what, what do you do with the comedy you have left over after you made sangria? No, no. We drink. We base it on the unit of the bottle. All of it. <laughs> That's right. So. Uh, That's pretty good. Yeah. She's impressive. Nicole Perlman. Thanks, Nicole. Mm-hmm. I I aspire to your levels of awesomeness. Also, good, good movie. Yes, very good movie. Good job. Uh, anyway, so the Hugo Spritz is the same proportions, three to two to one, three ounces of Prosecco, two ounces, in this case they call for elderflower liqueur, though I will say, um, like my stomach has been sore for like six months and I had to, <laughs> uh, I was worried that I had an ulcer and I don't, but I had to get like a whole endoscopy. It was like a whole stupid thing. Ulcer would have been easier. Yeah. And, uh, they're like, yeah, it's all irritated. And I was like, yeah, it is. And so I've been trying, I've been like looking at like, what's the list of like things that I shouldn't have in order to make my stomach feel better. I mean, I've got some medicine too, but the list is all the good food I shouldn't eat. Uh, The top of the list is caffeine and go, how many Diet Cokes do I drink a day? I don't know. (laughs) Not anymore. Six on a good day. Uh, It has been remarkably easier than I thought. To cut, I thought it was going to be really bad cutting back on the caffeine, but now I just have like half a Diet Coke for breakfast and then I've got like some caffeine free and it's been fine. Um, but also like alcohol irritates your stomach. So I'm like, I'm not going to like never drink again. We went out tonight and we had uh, sangria, which was great, but I have not been drinking at home and I miss the ritual of like having the cocktails. And so I've 
been trying a whole bunch of different non-alcoholic stuff. But you can make a good low alcohol cocktail with three ounces of Prosecco and then actually use elderflower syrup, which you can buy. We have it because when our favorite place, Firefly, went out of business when they closed, they sold yeah, off sure. all their bar stuff. And I was like, ooh, the elderflower syrup that they use in the drink that I get here all the time. And I bought like all the bottles of it that they had. So you can buy it if you just go on Amazon. And, and so then this would be like three ounces of Prosecco, which is like not a full glass of Prosecco, low alcohol, elderflower syrup, which has no alcohol and soda water. And so that would be a good like low proof cocktail and the thing about low proof cocktails is it means you can have a bunch of them and yeah. not still function. and still function where you yeah. can have like two normal drinks, but you could have like four of those other drinks. Yeah. Uh, four would still be a lot of Prosecco, but still. Um, anyway, if you're just making this at home, Prosecco, elderflower liqueur, St. Germain is the one that you'll find at the store. It's in a cool bottle. It'll look great on your shelf. And then soda water. Very refreshing floral sparkly yep yeah Taste. so there you go that's the cocktail of the week it's been on the list for a while to do is the cocktail of the week mm. the hugo spritz are you ready for administrative corner oh my goodness i've been waiting here with bated breath on my like leaning forward for administrative corner because i love administrative corner. okay yes. so uh plushies let's talk woods plushies okay the Voods plushies are available for another 10 days until September 21st. Now, normally what we do with the plushies is like on the last day, we go, it's the last day. And then makeshift's like, hey, do you want to extend it by a week? And we're like, yes. And then a bunch of people order in the last week. But the current plushies are scheduled to ship on December 17th. Oh, you'll miss Christmas. And if we extend it a week, they extend the ship day, which will miss Christmas. But at this point, like, not everybody will get them for Christmas, but it's like seven to ten days shipping time. So, like, most people will actually get them by Christmas with the current shipping date, so we are not going to extend it this time. So, get your orders in in the next ten wait, days. We're definitely not going to extend it? We're not, because then everyone will miss Christmas. Oh, that's bad. The, the, the late people will mess it up for the early. That's right. So if we extend it, sure, more people will order it, but then no one will get it in time for I Christmas. I just understand the problem. I just understood the problem. Everyone who's already ordered will hate the people who are late. That's right, because they'll be like, oh, I was going to give it to my friend who loves the Golden Ratio for Christmas. Them. No, it wouldn't come then. So Find them and, and say, come on. Come on. So... We're keeping the 17th as the ship day, so most people will get it in time for Christmas. Not everybody. Some so people will get it right after. So I can put it on my calendar in red. <laughs> September 21st. 10 days from today. I guess September 21st. Several times. Second. 10 days, 23 hours, so technically 11 days. So I guess like September 22nd would be the end. September 21st. If it's the September 21st. Equinox. That's right. And you haven't ordered a, a boots. You're not getting you have, one. You have a little bit longer, but only because the constellations and the stars have aligned. Voods is mystical. Ghost Voods is giving you an extra 12 hours. But don't count on it. He's basically disappearing at the equinox. Yeah. Like the light that extends past half the day, so doth disappear Voods yeah, at the equinox. Yeah, he's got to do other stuff, like eat stuff or, you know, blow out your circuit breakers yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So get your foods orders in if you want to. He sold 506. September 21st, beginning of fall, beginning of the end for foods. <laughs> beginning of production for yeah, foods. Uh, okay, so that's foods. Uh, item number two, if we're sticking with the merch section of Administrative Corner, uh, yeah, the, merch, purest, the merch. purest Bond, which is my book. It's a good book with a greater... Title page. Have you read it? No. Oh. I'm bits and pieces. That's okay. not, I haven't read it from cover to cover. I'm busy with these clowns. Absolutely. I understand. Did you notice the puppy? <laughs> I have noticed oh. the puppy, yeah. Uh, so the Purist Bond has sold 2,389 pre-orders, uh, over half of which come from Honest Dog from Books. Me. <laughs> 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 from Honest Dog Books, which gets you a paw print. And remember, if you donate a book to another friend of the squad through Honest Dog, we will mail you separately a feta paw print, which you'll get sooner. So. And it goes internationally because it's not packed. 
And it does. It goes internationally. So uh, our goal is like seven to 10,000 pre-orders. And of course, it's all early at this point. Like there will be more coming in later. But um, as soon as I get a new credit card, it is my goal. <laughs> geez, the other one got cut off. So if you're like, man, I am going to order Jen's book at some point, uh, order it before it comes out on November 14th. Order from Honest Dog Books and get yourself a paw print and help get Vink on the New York Times bestseller list, which will probably require seven to 10,000. Get Vink on a billboard make, in Times Square. Make Vink famous. Um, on the note of the book, I am now officially authorized to say that we're going to have another book. We signed a contract with our same editor at Simon & Schuster, and so at the same time, November, mid-November 2025, there's going to be another book coming out about dog psychology. This one's called, Where is the Cheese? Feta and Other Smelly Things. It, it is not. It is uh, tentatively titled Better Natures Inside the Emotional Lives of Dogs. Oh my goodness, that sounds better than my idea. <laughs> but... Uh, that may change, but that's it's going to be good. We're just getting started working on it. But we're going to visit a whole bunch of uh, dog research labs, like not sad dog research labs, like labs where people bring their pets in and see if they know their names, like we did with Vink. And the answer was no. <laughs> it ended up sad for us, but the lab itself was kind of fun. Yeah. So pre-order your book, you guys. That would be great. It would make me happy. Labs that show that Vink all right, and then Administrative Corner is also where we do updates on previous week's stories. And oh. this week, we have an update on the One Chip Challenge. If you remember from last week, there was a teen who died yes. from the Pocky One Chip Challenge. And so this week's headline is, The maker of the One Chip Challenge announces it's pulling products from store shelves after teen dies. Pocky the maker of the One Chip Challenge chips announced on Thursday that it will pull its products from store shelves a day after a teen died suddenly after eating a spicy tortilla chip. Gee, wow. It is meant for adults only, and products had clear labeling saying it's not for children or anyone who cannot tolerate spicy foods or has allergies. And they say, quote, we have seen an increase in teens and other individuals not heeding these warnings. As a result, while the products continue to adhere to food safety standards, out of abundance of caution, we're actively working with retailers to remove the product from shelves. Well, that's responsible. Pocky said it will be offering refunds for its single serve one chip challenge product to people who call the company at 1-866-528-6848. Okay, so there you go. Chip updates. Wow. That's, that's very responsible, I have to say. Good job. All right, it's time for dog updates. Okay. We, uh, we did a road trip. We're in Maryland today. We drove Saturday and Thank Sunday goodness. from Maryland, from Florida to Maryland. It was not the smoothest trip. Uh, and it wasn't Feta's fault. Feta was an angel. We have a whole section of, like, Feta and why she is so good. Feta did a great job. I mean, everybody did a great job on the road trip, yeah. but Feta is the one we were worried about. And they were all well-behaved and perfect, and it went great. So the dogs were awesome. Uh, we decided to split this up into two drives, which was nicer, aside from the problems. And we stayed in South Carolina at a place that we've stayed before. And it went great. The place was very nice. This was the wooden box, like being inside the cigar box. It was all wood, that's true. It occurred to me at the time that anywhere you looked, there was wood paneling floor, ceiling, wall. Yeah. Like furniture, yeah, it was all wood. Inside furniture, yeah. whatever, yeah. Uh, so, last time we stayed at this place... <laughs> I was watching that happen. <laughs> carefully constructed how wet is it it's not wet at all because it was dry she's thirsty oh is <laughs> she parking in there uh <laughs> it just, just knocked over the elevated tower. water bowl <laughs> so we stopped at the place and last time we stopped there we were just driving the rv because it was a shorter trip this time we're up in maryland for like three weeks and uh we need two cars because i'm going to be traveling a lot and ingo has stuff to do and so we need two cars and so we took the rv and we also towed my jeep and so we pulled into this place which like literally you're going down like a dirt road with two ruts and we pulled in and kind of curved the rv into the yard 
And I was like, we are 100% going to have to disconnect the Jeep in the morning from the RV and back the Jeep out and then back the RV out and then reconnect them because there's no way that we're going to be able to back the Jeep out without like jackknifing it or like backing it up through their like nice pasture lawn and like totally messing it up. And so we like all agreed and I'll talk about how crazy fat it was when we got there, but like we agreed with that. Yeah, just as a detail, we're not towing the Jeep on a trailer. You can't back this thing up. It's just, it's on all four wheels, steering wheel is loose. Yeah, kind of in neutral. Yeah, just in neutral. And, and if you try to back up it immediately, the steering wheels turn towards yeah, it's the terrible. of the circle and you're jackknifing. I mean, you tried to back it up like five feet in the driveway and it was, and I was like, stop, yeah. it's all turning. So we, we pulled it in. Ingo got up before me as he usually does and then I eventually woke up and he's and Ingo the first thing he says to me is you want to hear about the problem of the day he's like yep and he's like the battery in the jeep is dead and you guys it was not like kind of dead where it wouldn't start like you open the door of the jeep and no, it's just black no lights no dash nothing it was a hundred percent dead guac leave your sister alone guac guac Stop it. Oh, hang on. We got many dogs wrapped around many pieces of pot equipment here. Okay, get your butt out of there, all right. Guac, maybe put Vink in fat jail. Like guac in fat jail. Or guac in fat jail, that's fine. Everybody's kind of wound up here and we just need to manage it a little bit. Longtime listeners will know that fat jail is my office. Okay. Um, it was not named for me. It was, where are you going? Oh my God, Ingo's, Ingo just like went upstairs to get the shark for guac. Uh, Fat Jail is so named because my office has a baby gate and that's where we used to put Vink when she started on her diet because otherwise she would eat everybody else's food. So anyway, Ingo wakes me up and he's like, do you wanna hear about the problem of the day? The Jeep won't start, the Jeep is totally dead. And we have like a little charger, a jump pack uh, it did not work. It didn't do a damn thing to the Jeep. So we're going to tell you guys the whole story if you're a subscriber on the bonus pod because it's like a half hour story. It's one of these stories. If I start rambling about this, Jen would go, where's the beginning, the middle, and the end? Go. I, I was thinking, I'm like, when we tell this, I'm going to have to really inform you that I am in control of the timeline and you're just going to have to comment on the bits. We're going to do it as a bonus pod for the subscribers, but... What I will say is we had to call somebody to get the car jumped, which is quite hard to do on a Sunday morning in South Carolina because people are in church. But we did get it jumped, but that did not fix all of our problems because like the brake lights on the Jeep didn't work with the wire harness on the RV. Again. Uh, which they should and should be independent of the battery being broken. So we kind of illegally drove it the rest of the way home, but nobody crashed into us, which was great. And then today, <laughs> We had to get the Jeep running again because like, even though we were able to jump it, the battery was fucked and like it wouldn't, every time we tried to use it, it wouldn't start. So we had to get a new battery and we were trying to jump it today to drive it to the place to get a new battery. And there was a fire. We'll talk more about it on the bonus pod. Is that worth your $4.99 this month for, to hear about the fire that Ingo started in the car? The fire was put out. Just, just <laughs> Maybe. Like, yeah. Okay. Everything's fixed now, though. Is that worth four nine? <laughs> does that take away? <laughs> Never mind. Then you don't know. You don't know then. Yeah. Uh, but I, so there was some drama. It is now all solved. About $500 and a little bit of stress later. Um, other than that, <laughs> other than that Mrs. drama. Mrs. Lincoln, how did you enjoy the play? The dry was great. Feta oh. was just perfect the whole time. So good. She kind of mostly slept when she played. It was like very gentle, kind of lazy play. But when we got to South Carolina, she was like exploded with energy. Holy so we got in at like 9.30 p.m. And I walked her around, ran around with her, threw the ball for her. I didn't come inside Close to until midnight. Yeah. I mean, it was almost three hours with Feta outside. And she was not done she did fortunately go to sleep pretty quickly after like, i brought her like in pine cones for her or those like just the plastic bottle whatever you had she was like chasing it chewing it, oh my god jumping on it she was like chewing on the leash up. and tugging it and like then i'd let her go and she'd have the zoomies we walked up and down and up and down we got there 
and I got 9,000 steps <laughs> walking around with You know what's amazing? She didn't dive into the big pond with her next She didn't? No. That was That is amazing. No dog did. And I thought we'd lose at least one or two. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody did a great job on the road trip. Like Everyone was really good, actually, yeah. Individually, any potential problems that anyone might have had did not occur. Yeah. Uh, but it was a very frustrating three hours for me because I was very tired and I was like, you know what I don't want to do is like walk up and down and like throw stuff, but I need her to go to sleep because we can't have her just barking in her little porta crate all night. Wanted to throw stuff, but not for. And at one point I was like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to take her to Dogtopia, which is like the doggy day camp here. A bunch of the dogs have been there. Cheaper doggy day camp than the other one. Oh, it's not Old Town Pet Resort. That's that's true. You pay for the extra e. Oldie Towny Pet Resort. They're very good too. But Dogtopia is great. And I took Guac there a bunch. Brody went there a few times. Like Nacho definitely spent time there. Toby. Everybody's gone there. Yeah, they're it's really like a great. Classic doggy daycare. Yeah. Like a bunch of dogs together hanging out. They're they're really like the people there are great. The dogs are well taken care of. And Fenna needs some socialization. She's very comfortable with the squad, but she's still kind of tentative when she leaves the house. And in fact, it's hard to walk her because all she wants to do is go back home. She does not want to leave. So we need her exposed to more stuff. But then, but then if like a bus drives by, she tries to chase the bus. Like the, the garbage truck will go by and she'll be like, oh, loud noise, I'm following you. Yeah, it doesn't really know what to so do. It's like, it's bad on both fronts. So when I was spending these three hours after a full day, of like t- full 12 hours of driving, I was like Dogtopia, and I was like looking it up on my phone while I'm running around with her, and they're like, okay, your dogs have to have all these vaccines, and one of them is influenza, and I was like, fuck, we didn't get her influenza. But she was not part of that cycle. And I was like, Ingo, I can't believe we didn't get her influenza, and Ingo's like, I'd better not speak because Jen is in a bad mood. Who's, who's we? Me and my frog? <laughs> uh, and then I was like, wait, she got this weird six-way vaccine, which includes... Six pack. Influenza. And I'm like, great, she has her flu vaccine. Because those you have to get two shots two weeks apart. Uh, and I was like, so we can't get it here because we'll basically be done here by the time, you know, she's fully vaccinated. But she had that. And then I was like, wait a minute, she hasn't had her rabies shot yet because she just turned old enough to get rabies. So today, Ingo took her to a new vet, Bond vet. Bond vet is great. They've got like an online portal. Like they're like, walk-ins welcome. Would you like an appointment? And then I'm like today. And they're like, which location? And I was like, how about this one? And they're like, well, that one's full, but here's the other ones and all their appointment times. It was so easy. It was like making a dinner reservation on open table and Ingo brought her in and they were like super nice. You said, oh, they loved the puppy aspect, but they're also just super nice. Like, you know, knowledgeable vets, very kind. Techs were really in the dog. I mean, just very nice. Very professional, but also very good. Yeah, and I, like, got the records from our vet in the Keys, and I was like, look, she needs a rabies shot. We didn't. We forgot to get it with you guys before we left, so we're going to get it here. So they sent me all her records, and they had, like, texted you and were like, could you send us whatever records you have? So I sent them all to them by email, and I get this auto response. It's like, hey, our email's really full. Just so you know, you might not get a wa- an email for a while. And then like two minutes later, like, great, we got those. Um, by the way, it looks like she's also due for her lepto booster and like one other one. Do you want us to do those too? I and I was like, great. That's great that you want to, that you like read this and are like, oh, she also needs these boosters. Yeah. Let's do those too. So they were really awesome. Um, so if you have a bond vet near you, it seems like it's kind of a, like one of these national chains that like own a bunch of practices, but like they were great. And it was, you know, our vets like booked out, like I called That's some right. other vet and I was like, that I think we've used before. And I was like, Hey, we got this puppy. She needs rabies. And they're like October. And I was like, no, thank you. And this was just like, you could just pick the day and the time off a list. It was really awesome. Yeah. Um, so she got all of her vaccines today and then she's going in on Thursday for her evaluation and hopefully to spend all day at doggy day camp. At Dogtopia, which is going to be really good for socializing her. Unless she's considered a miscreant, and then they're like, Nye. they let Guac yeah. in. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well. And then I picked him up, and they're like, he's climbed on top of all the dog crates. <laughs> he He's barking at everybody. <laughs> Maybe I'll bring Guac in too. Oh, yeah. Well, he's he's a totally different dog now. Um, 
So let's see other fed up. Oh, what was I gonna say about the, the vet? Oh yeah. Like she did a very. It's not like it was in any way mass production vet medicine. She did a very thorough wellness check. She checked like the hips and you know everything else and and figured out that um, Feta has a little ear infection in one ear. Treated She's it. Like, Your ear is wet. Is that why is that? <laughs> and I said, well, you know, she likes to splash in the water bowl and then fall asleep in. It. In the water. <laughs> she's like, well, she also has an ear infection, so maybe yeah. not fall asleep. Let, don't let her fall asleep in the water anymore. The records that we got literally said, advise not to let patients sleep in water bowl. <laughs> That's a problem for ear infections, but they treated that too. I mean, so it's not like they just gave her the injections and ushered her out the door. Which, but you can that, get that, like Petco has clinics like that yeah. where we did that with Vodes ones, I think. Yeah, but yeah. the one we did for Remy too, where they, they like supposedly did a wellness check, yeah. but they didn't. You know, they really just wanted to get the injections and get them out of there. Oh, excuse me, I'm These tired still. seemed to care. And yeah. Plus, they loved her puppiness, but, but they also seemed to care. They took her, took and they her, gave us a branded tennis ball to take home. Ball and a frisbee. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Yeah, if I were a cat, we would have gotten a cat toy. I mean, I, it's self-serve. I could have grabbed some cat toys. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about it. Um, so, so that's that the drive was fine we are here now we're here until the end of the month so might be training sessions for feta in the future feta's going to see michael the trainer on saturday we are not planning to do board and train with her uh but he right. does puppies and stuff on saturday pick so her up every day or drop her up and pick her up. yep so she is going to get some training with him which is great day camp boot camp boot camp uh you'll be in good company everybody except Vink and Brody have gone through. Which, I mean, just just Guac and Remy, but... So the ones who don't care about us at all didn't go through. <laughs> Sorry, Brody. Brody, you're I, perfect. You, you are you're autonomous. Good you do your own thing. You don't need to listen to commands. Uh, other FETA updates. Uh, in Speaking of socialization, like, she really needs more socialization. And I mean, we've only had her a couple weeks. That's fine. But... We're like, we got to get her out more so she's not just in her house. And there's not a lot of opportunities to do that in the Keys other than like walking up and down the block. But we're here for three weeks. So in addition to Dogtopia and meeting Michael, we're taking her places. And tonight we went to Spanish Diner, which is very similar to Haleo from Jose Andreas. And they have outdoor seating. And I was like, should we bring Feta? And so we brought her to the restaurant. She's so portable. It's so tempting sit on the patio and she was like a perfect little angel oh my goodness she didn't bark she didn't bite she didn't she didn't like try to climb on the table she was just so good she like good could i have the crust of your bread and then she was like very attentively like looking at everything going on but she was great she she was great yeah you couldn't have at some point she like curled up next to the table and slept on the floor i mean you couldn't have been better so good european like yeah she did a great job so we're gonna try to take her to a bunch of outdoor places while we're here um in other news on we'll feta the zoo see how she reacts mm, to big animal. i don't know about that small animals no hmm. uh her giardia is officially resolved she Speaking got of small animals yep she got a test on friday i guess we brought her to the, i brought her to the vet and they tested her giardia free so that's good Yep. Because that can be hard to get rid of. Yep. She also eats like a champ. She's not quite on track for 365 pounds. I'm a little disappointed that my projection <laughs> may have been a little optimistic. Yeah. But we could still make 180. She is 25 pounds today. She is about 17 weeks old, which means on your original schedule, she should weigh 84. On your revised schedule, she should weigh 42. She actually weighs 25. I'll feed her more. I did. <laughs> we can catch up. I think we can catch up. I somebody had asked, and I found an online calculator where you put in like you pick like the breed and how old they are and what they weigh, and it gives you a prediction for their future weight. And hers is around 50. So according to this very scientific online calculator she'll always be cute she'll be small she will be smaller than vink yeah i think she's the runt i think she's a, she is a small one. um somebody pointed out vink today and said bad angle vink is making it back a, a return vink weighs 62 you guys bad angle she's been down to 59 but she's basically the same as she was bad angle she's fine 
Uh, <laughs> last night, I was like brushing my teeth before bed. After it, the walking around? No, last night we were here. Yeah, last night oh here. Oh my God. <laughs> so our house here is very small, you guys. Like it is much smaller than the house in Florida. And the square feet here are divided among three levels instead of one. It's like if you took the Florida house and, and made it into like six rooms. They're yeah. really small rooms. Like the bathroom upstairs. We have a bathroom on the top, on the second floor, and we have a bathroom in the basement. There's no bathroom on the main floor. And the second floor bathroom is small enough that you can stand in the middle and reach your hands out and touch all the walls. It is extremely small. Yeah. And I was in there brushing my teeth, and I felt Feta kind of come in and stand behind me. And then I heard this weird sound, and I looked behind me, and Feta was not there. But what she had done is grab the end of the toilet paper and run out of the bedroom, down the hall, and into... Out of the bathroom, down the hall, and into the bedroom with the toilet paper still connected to the roll. She was very proud of herself. Extremely proud of herself. So she's clearly getting some advice from Ghost Foods. It's bad advice, Ghost Foods. About what to do. It's bad advice. <laughs> Uh, you said to write down that she was also eating the spicy hay. Yes. <laughs> so I don't know if we mentioned this before, but I have a PhD student who has bunnies, and she talks about, she mentioned one time, like, sometimes the bunnies chew the spicy. the wires, and she calls it the spicy hay, and I loved it so much that I've started calling it the spicy hay when fed it chew the wires. She did chew your disconnected, I hope, computer power cable ones. I mean, it was a USB cable. I think it was plugged in still, but it didn't yeah. do anything. Right. She's eaten one cable, I think. That's it. It just we, it comes up a little bit when we do this podcast because there's a bunch of kabas a lot, and she might just like eat some kabas a lot. Uh, for those of you who don't know, kabas a lot was German word of the week a while back. It means cable salad, and it's just all those wires that are all in a pile. All wrapped up and looks looks like salad. Good description of the podcast box. Pasta salad. Hmm? Um, Spicy. That's all I have for dog updates. Do you have anything you want to add? Mm, I think that's it. That's it. Everyone else is doing doing well. Excellent. Brody got his second acupuncture thing and massage and and laser and he liked it. Yeah, he seems very happy. I don't know that he seems more mobile or anything. He but tolerated seems good. the drive as well as as he ever has. See, when we were driving back last time, we took the, like, memory foam orthopedic padding out of one of the beds here and put it down between the two front seats. Where and that's he loves what, to lie. Where he lays every time, and I think it makes a huge difference oh, where no. he's not on that plywood floor. He's I, on, like, this plush padding. I've lain on that floor before, petting a dog, like St. Patrick or something, and every time there's a, a minor bump in the road, and there are millions, like, mm-hmm. just imagine going over a bridge on the highway, it is... A deafening boom and a bang, and it smashes your head around. And like being on a memory foam instead of just the wooden floor there would be great. Yeah. It makes it, I think it's made a huge, he was able to sleep on the right? Yeah. Oh. Um, okay, it's time for ramblings. I have a podcast recommendation and a news story that you shared with me today. Excellent. Okay. Which would you like to go first? podcast recommendation because it's unusual and therefore exciting so this will not be as good as normal gossip which is maybe my best podcast recommendation that i've given but for those of you who are really into cereal like episode one when it came out tricks cereal this is the podcast about a kid in maryland uh yes the adnan sayed Heyman lee um which like we along with half of the country listened to quite attentively at the time um, I have, so if you are a true crime podcast person, you know that there's like a bunch of documentaries. There's like dedicated podcasts to the case. It's a whodunit. I have not, Adnan Syed did it. It's a who, it's a did he do it. He did it. Uh, I have <laughs> not been super into all of the stuff after that. I kind of finished Syria and I was like, yeah, it kind of seems like he but did there, it. There was like a, a post-conviction motion. There was a retrial. Tr- there was an appeal. There were all sorts of stuff. So it's interesting. There was a mistrial. In his initial trials, the first one was a mistrial because his attorney was arguing with the prosecution in front of the judge on the sidebar. And they, as you know, like when there's a sidebar, the judge turns on like a white noise machine so the jury can't hear it. And she was saying that there was a very heated argument and she was accusing the prosecutor of of something kind of untoward. 
and the judge says, I will not have spurious accusations. Like, if you're going to make accusations, you're going to back them up. I won't have you just saying stuff like this in the court. And one of the jurors wrote a note to the judge and said, since you called the defense attorney a liar, does that mean we have to start over? And so the judge declared a mistrial. That's why there was a mistrial the first time. Ouch. Yeah. Uh, So so, much for the white noise machine. Yeah. So he was convicted on the second trial that they actually got to finish. But quite recently, that trial, that conviction was vacated and then the Maryland appellate court reinstated the conviction. So there's like stuff going on now. Um, but anyway, I, I had always been like, sure seems like he did it, but it does seem like there's some issues here. And I listened to this podcast, true crime garage, where I think one of the, there's two hosts of that show. And I think one of them kind of thought he didn't do it. Nick and the captain, the captain, I think the captain really likes conspiracy theories and with like true crime stuff and I think he thought that Adnan didn't do it and he just put a post up last week that was like Adnan Sayed like did you think he did it or not be civil in the comments and the first comment was like I totally thought he was innocent until I listened to the prosecutor's podcast about it and now I'm totally convinced that he did it and there were like 10 comments that were like exactly yes same for me like I thought he was innocent until I listened to the prosecutors so I was like I need another thing to listen to. What's this? So the prosecutors is, I mean, they've had like 200 episodes and it's two prosecutors, a man and a woman, and they host this podcast together and they did a 14 part series. <laughs> Podcasters. And they're like great, an hour each. Such a great medium. <laughs> and it's amazing. I listened to it on the drive up. I mean, I was listening to it on some of my walks before, but on the drive up and like the first four episodes, like four hours of content are literally just them doing the timeline of like from like her diaries and the phone cell phone pings and they come at it and they're like if he did it this means this and if he didn't do it it means this and they go through the whole thing with like no position on whether he did it or not just going like this is what this means you know like if you remember the podcast like this guy jay who helped him bury the body like he definitely helped him bury the body like he knew where the body was he knew where her car was abandoned like, he definitely knew what was going on, but he also lied about a bunch of stuff. It's well established. He, I mean, his story's changed time to time, but they're like, look, this thing that he said in every one of the stories is in line with this thing on this cell phone thing, which everybody concedes is reliable. And, like, Jay, Adnan Sayed also said he was with him at the time that this happened. And so it doesn't matter if you think he is lying. Like, there's also, like, other evidence that supports it. Um, so if you listen to Serial and, you know, whether you like got deep into this case or you cared about it, yeah, if you were interested, I mean, I literally like listened to Serial and then, you know, I'd like read the occasional news story, but it was not like, like some people got super obsessed with this case, like Jean Benet, right? I've listened to a few podcasts about Jean Benet Ramsey, but I'm not like super obsessed with it. Um, but even if you just listen to Serial this is like super interesting and like very well and factually and neutrally laid out. So, um, I will probably listen to more of the prosecutors podcast after this, like both of the hosts are really good and it's very well researched, but you know, whether or not you go into the podcast, like those 14 episodes, just listen to them in order. It's pretty good. That's a good recommendation. Thank you. There you go. There's still enough summer left in the 10 days before September 21st when voodoo's are no <laughs> to listen to a podcast. There you go. Alright, here is the article that you sent me. I will note that The Guardian has a headline that says this article is more than 10 years old. This is from 2013, but it's still a good story. Worth noting. Drunk and boorish. Not boorish. Boorish. Yep. Swigging pig Hogs, 18 beers at campsite. <laughs> Campers told to lock up food and drink after feral pig goes on bender in Western Australia and ends up in an altercation with cow. You know, they should have been told to lock it up beforehand, but there you go. And it's got a picture of the pig, which is kind of cute. And the <laughs> caption well, is, hung over there. The feral pig slept it off under a nearby tree. <laughs> 
A rampage by a feral pig that consumed 18 beers has prompted warnings for people at campsites to properly secure their food and alcohol. The pig struck at DeGray River Rest Area, east of the remote western Australian town of Port Hedland in the Pilbara, according to the ABC. The animal was seen stealing three six-packs of beer from campers before ransacking <laughs> rubbish bags for food. One camper reported, the munchies, it's the munchies. One camper reported seeing the pig guzzling the beer before getting involved in an altercation <laughs> with a cow. Quote, In the middle of the night, these people camping op- opposite us heard a noise, so they got their torch out and shone it on the pig, and there he was, scrunching away at their cans, said the visitor, who estimated the pig had consumed 18 beers. Then he went and raided all the rubbish bags. There were some other people camped right on the river, and they saw him being chased around their vehicle by a cow. Wait, the cow won. The cow was chasing the pig. Yeah, there you go, pig. That's what happens when you have beer goggles. You think you're much bigger than you are, but the cow actually just can kick your butt. Now, I want to say... That's not even a slab of beer. Why did he drink more schooners? (laughs) Bloody hell, stupid white pig. (laughs) Uh, as you know, Ingo, I'm not a camper. Correct. I don't do camping. Correct. If I were to do camping, this sounds fucking miserable. You're at like a <laughs> river and you're like, oh, the people at the campsite across from us. It's just like you and like a bunch of strangers. Hence the beer. Out in the woods. Yeah, it sounds terrible. If you're insensate from the beer, everything is fine. If I'm going to camp, I want like a remote spot in the beautiful wilderness where like all i hear are the sounds of nature not like there were like two or three other campsites that this person has mentioned in these two quotes of other people hanging out in the same place i don't want to go hang out with other people sounds of nature like a drunk pig getting chased by a cow (laughs) that's nature for you the pig was reportedly last seen resting under a tree possibly nursing a hangover possibly most definitely you know what's in the river? Crocodiles. <laughs> yeah. You know what? You, you know what's in on the dry land? Snakes. Stuff's gonna kill you. And you know I'll what's in it. your tent? Spiders. A dingo. No, dingo ate your baby. No. Dingo did eat that lady's baby. Did you know uh, that? Yes. They it did. It was Meryl Street, and yes, they turned out the inquest said if they did find. The dingo ate the baby. Dingo ate the baby. Yeah. yeah. All right. You guys can look that up if you want to know about it. All right, it's time for Taste of the Keys. Okay. Uh, I'm in. Friend of the squad, Gwen Filosa, Pulitzer Prize winning reporter in the Florida Keys. Uh, we are lucky to have her. We are. She, by the way, is going to come on the podcast at some point once we... Uh, get our shit together. Get our shit together. <laughs> she keeps going. Sorry, Gwen. <laughs> She's like, can I be on your podcast? And I was like, Gwen, we would be honored to have you on the podcast. And then... I'm like, I do not have my shit together. We are not worthy. We are, when we're worthy, you can be on the podcast. Yeah. Um, so she broke the story, as far as I'm concerned. And she says, someone put Jimmy Buffett on the Key West Airport entrance sign on Sunday morning. So the Key West, let's talk about the Key West Airport sign. Let's take this necessary detour about what they're doing to paradise. Key West International Airport has eight gates. Airports love to call themselves international when they have, like, one flight across the border. I remember Cleveland. It's like, international airport. Yeah, you have flights to Toronto. Come on. It's not an international airport in the New York, Chicago, Los Angeles are international airports. Cleveland, Ohio? No. Key West uh, Airport? Havana is where you can fly to. Yeah, one destination, one flight a week. It does not make you an international airport. Key West Air does now do day trips to Havana, which I very much want to do once I make sure it's not going to get my passport flagged. Yeah, that it gets before they just continue it. They're like technically allowed, but it's like you fly out in the morning and then they have a whole itinerary kind of thing planned for you. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of Hemingway stuff. Yeah. You go to Hemingway. You get to see the Pilar. I think you go to Hemingway. If it's educational, you're allowed to do it. Yeah. I think the cruise ships got dinged because they were like... It's an educational tour, and they let, like, you know, their 400 cruise passengers depart to, like, buy T-shirts or something. They're like, they're getting an education about Havana. Yeah. And the whatever cruise ship authority in the United States was like, no, 
yeah. violating all sorts of things. So anyway, maybe dear mom and dad to Cuba at some point. For educational purposes only. I would love to be educated and not stay overnight. We will comply with all like, applicable laws. Yeah. Anyway, the airport is very small. And when you get on your plane, you walk outside across Cute. the tarmac, up a set of stairs to your plane. Very old school. It's amazing. They often have to say, yours is the third airplane on the left. You, you can't go in the second one. That's going to Atlanta. got to go to the third one. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, people go to the wrong one all the time. They have a dude out there who's like, nope, your plane is you, that other one Usually they there. catch it most yeah. times, yeah. Uh, so this is Key West International Airport. It is a teeny, tiny little airport. You can park like 20 feet from the entrance. Like you just They probably have room for four planes, passenger planes to park. I mean, I don't think more. I don't think you could park all eight of them at once. They wouldn't fit. When, when, you, when you land, you have to wait for some dude to wheel the steps up to the plane. We it's call him Steve. Dude. It's one dude for all the planes. So if two planes yeah. land, you got to wait for the dude. Yeah. So we, I don't know what his name actually is, but we call him Steve. So if it's like, I've landed, and Ingo's waiting to pick me up, I'm like, we've landed, and now we're waiting for Steve to bring the stairs. You know, at a normal airport, you're like, incoming flight from Washington is on, the baggage is coming on carousels 1, 2, 3, or coming on passenger carousel 42. Yeah. Um, there are two carousels in Key West, and I think one of them doesn't work. Only one works, <laughs> for <laughs> sure. So it's always passenger carousel 2 that it comes on. But it's also Steve, so he has to like yes. you know, multitask. So it, it, the, your bags come quite late. It takes like an hour to get your bags to Key Which, West. Don't check a bag to and Key it's West. Fifty feet, <laughs> but it yes. takes an hour. Just carry carry your bag. Yeah, you should be packing only flip flops anyway. Yeah, so so Key West International Airport. Um, I think the sign is of a size reflective of the truth of the airport, which is it is smaller. Than the Benihana sign. More chickens than taxi cabs. Yes, for sure. Oh, it is smaller than the Benihana. There's sign. a Benihana yes. like next door to the airport, and the Benihana sign is bigger than the airport sign. The first time you drive by, you miss it because you 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 see a sign, and you're like, as you're driving by, you're like, that says Key West Airport, but it was such a weird little small sign. There's no way, and then that was it. That yeah, was it. You got to turn around. Yeah. Uh, so it was like a wood carved sign and it was kind of like whitewashed and yeah, you know it had like, like scripty like Key West International it. Airport yeah, and like yep yep and the letters were like pink and it was all kind of scripty and it was cute but it was very old for sure it was dated mm -hmm. and then they took the sign down a few months ago and they're putting up a new sign and so they get like a slab and then they get a rectangle it looks kind of like a gravestone like a long gravestone. It's terrible. It's, if it's not Times New Roman, it's one of those. Like, oh, it's Helvetica. It's faceless. Faceless. Yeah, yeah. So they've got this like long gravestone shaped white sign now. Still not that big. <laughs> and like, no, it is no bigger. And then the top third of the sign has like a little indent. And in Helvetica, it says Key West International Airport. But it says Key West on the top line an international airport on the bottom line. So the Key West is really small. It goes up to the T, the second T in international. Yes, there's a big space after Key West. Blank. Key West, space. a lot of blank space, international airport. It mm -hmm. is right justified. Yes. It is a, and that's it. There's no decorations. There's. Left justified. I'm sorry, yes, left justified. I, You guys, I don't know if you have, if we've talked about this, but I do not know my left from my right. We do we do best when we refer to passenger side and driver's side. Yes. Uh, I guess it depends which way your car is facing, but if your car were to run into the sign, it would be... If it's Vanks here, it's very clear, which is the driver's side here. <laughs> uh, anyway, yes, it is left justified. Uh, Key West International Airport, absolutely no character, nothing interesting. It is dumb, sucky sign. Out of place. It's out of place. So... It should be in a like strip mall in in Columbus. That's sign. Yeah. If you would like to see a picture of the sign, you can follow Gwen Filosa. Her Twitter handle is Key West Gwen. She's a good follow for all news keys, and, and dogs. And dogs. She tweets about dogs a lot. And so the story is that this week someone added on to the sign after the Key West, which remember. It's small, so <laughs> there's a space to after Someone it. To fill that space. 
and using like electrical tape it looks like also in pretty close approximation of Helvetica font as one could do with electrical I'm impressed. tape I was impressed made the sign say a perfectly full justified I might add Key West Jimmy Buffett International Airport totally great it is great totally great uh, apparently it stayed up there for 15 minutes and they were a real dick to the guy who did it and are arresting him for vandalism yeah and this may be the new act of civil disobedience at Key West if, is repainting that if there is a uh GoFundMe for the guy who did the sign. I will support it. Yeah, I like it may be vandalism, but it's also an improvement. Some and, and, and R.I.P. Jimmy. Someone responded to Gwen's tweet about this and said, "Sharpie it on there next time." And she responds, "You're savage. I respect that." <laughs> Clearly, they took too long to do it and got caught on the spot, and and they did it in a impermanent way. The I uh, Sharpie is faster and permanenter. Yeah, that's true. I am uh, I am not... I mean, I think Jimmy Buffett's fine. I like some of his songs. I'm definitely not like a parrot head. I'm not a... I'm not that huge fan of like anyone, I don't think. You just don't... You just don't use that term. In attitude, you are very much alive. I that's definitely true. have the Jimmy, Buff ad, Jimmy that, Buffett attitude. That's all I'm saying. Sure. You're, you're not cheap and you're, you're cautious of cults. But in attitude, you're not you're not opposite a, a, a parent. I I do have the changes in latitudes and changes in attitudes totally. for sure. Yeah, you yeah. Know, you know, yeah. Yeah. Live and let live, and I'm gonna just have a good time. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And I do like the Margaritaville song. There you go. I mean, I mean, it's not ignore the labels <laughs> and the the marketing. He was <laughs> right <laughs> about many many good things. <laughs> um. So Gwen was like, is it vandalism or should it be a permanent change? And I was like, absolutely, should be a permanent change. Like, not even a parrot head, but let's call it the Key West Jimmy Buffett International Airport and oh, sass man, it up a little bit. Oh, would it bit. be awesome? You'd, you'd fly to Jimmy, Jimmy Buffett, Buffett Field. Holy <laughs> smokes, the tourism would increase That'd be 500%. Great. That'd be great. They renamed National Airport here, Ronald Reagan Airport. He was still alive. Jamie Buffett, better than he Ronald was Reagan. still alive. Oh. All right. So there you go. That's Taste of the Keys. Somebody renamed it Key West, Jimmy Buffett International Airport in a total win that lasted for 15 minutes. We support you, dude. Good work. Inspirational AF. Time for German Word of the Week. Oh, yeah. It's apropos of nothing. <laughs> Which you say often. Apropos of nothing. It's true every time. Fledermaus. The field mouse. The fluffy mouse. It is an opera. No, it's a bat. There's an opera, though. Yes, there is also an opera. I don't Wait, Fledermaus means bat? Yes, it means the bat. A bat. A bat! Yeah, I don't know why they have such a short word for it in English, but in German it's a much more bigger word. It means fluffy. Fluttery. Fluttery. Oh, mouse. fluttery. Fluttery. Okay. But also fluffy, but fluttery. Is Deflator Mouse about a bat? I don't know. I've never seen Deflator Mouse. You, you're the one who told me it was Schmaus. It is. The original literary source for Deflator Mouse was Das Gefängnis, yeah. the prison, okay. a farce by German playwright Julius Roderich Benedicts. Wow. That premiered in Berlin in 1851. Wow. On 10 September 1872, a three-act French vaudeville play by Henri Milhac and Ludovic Helevi, mm. Le Réveillon, loosely based on the Benedict's farce, opened at Théâtre du Palais Royal. Goodness gracious, what is going on they here? They provided several libretti for Offenbach, blah, blah. It does not tell me what it is about at all. There's a really bad flash photo picture. When did Strauss write Die Fledermaus? Um, or Steel, now it seems like. <laughs> or Steel. Adapted, one might say. Mm -hmm. The operetta premiered on April 5th, 1874 oh. at Theater an der Wein in Vienna. It has been part of the regular repertoire ever since. Hmm. Let's say, oh my God, there's like a plot by plot synopsis. <laughs> oh, but it has a song called The Champagne Song. There you go. Pretty good. It is. Pretty good. 
Also, that's in English, so what the fuck? I mean, he was a smart guy. That was performed by the United States Air Force Band in English. Okay. This is very interesting now. For the next bonus pod, we're going to analyze Die Fledermaus and its history and influences. Okay. Act the United States Air Force Band. Act 2 a summer is set at a summer house in the <laughs> Villa Orlovsky. For paying customers only, you can't buy this kind of entertainment except you can it transpires that falca with prince orlovsky's permission is using the ball as a way of getting revenge on eisenstein goodness sometimes Christ. before sometime before after a costume party eisenstein had abandoned falca very drunk and dressed in a bat costume in the center ah. of town exposing him to ridicule the next day so it is about a bat him to ridicule. Oh no! It's the the parents were dismayed. <laughs> All right, we're gonna we'll oh do like my a. Goodness. Now I have to learn about the freaking fleet on this. Well, maybe we'll watch the movie. And we'll do like a live tweet. There's a movie. Oh, there's gotta be right. Get the fleet on out of here. <laughs> Let's see if Amazon has the. Wait, a live version of the operetta. Oh, like a, a live recording. Seems like a YouTube thing where it's like some dude in the audience with a yeah, shaky phone. <laughs> Six hours. All right, well, we can definitely buy many different DVDs of it being performed. DVD player? Okay. I have, we have one here. Do we have one? in Florida. I've got like that external DVD drive in a drawer somewhere that we could watch it on the computer. That's a computer. Oh, no, here we go. Johann Strauss's DVD. Oh, no, it's... I'm going to say it's on Prime Video. It's currently unavailable. There's a lot of good stuff that's currently unavailable. I bet it's on, like, Tubi. Mm, maybe. maybe. With, like, weird commercials in One it. One of three movies that they have. <laughs> Tubi. Tubi? We watch a ton of... Tubi has a ton of movies. They're not... That doesn't have any good movies. That's not true. I'm sure they have plenty of good movies. Mm. But we watch bad shark movies on Tubi all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, we can watch it on YouTube. Two hours, 17 minutes, and 11 seconds. There's an uh, intermission, though. I'm sure you can go 15 minutes to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Mouse, full operetta with English subtitles on YouTube. Okay. Okay, All right. I'll put it's it on a, the list. It's a task. Two hours, holy crap. Not the boogeyman, but what are you going to do? No. Uh, okay. Uh, it's time for Ingo Corner, where you can say whatever you want, and I won't tell you it's boring. Whoa, I was surprised by this. I'm very pleased to be up in Maryland. It's nice to have change. It's nice to have weather that gets cool at night. Yeah. That's cray. Word. And it's interesting how having this teeny tiny house. I mean, we're in tiny house, TM. Yeah, it is tiny house, TM. It compresses the dogs in ways and makes them interact in ways that it doesn't otherwise. Like, Feta is all over Vink all the time. Yeah. <laughs> because Vink can't get away and can't be, like, out of the zone. Yeah. So Feta basically just kind of, whenever she's a little bit bored, wanders over to Vink, whom she's not afraid of, correctly. Yep. And just chomps. Does or, chomp. Or jumps on her or wraps her arms around her. Very cute. But Vink is also a good sport about it and enjoys it. So it's it's a whole generational cycle here. We're, we're doing real well. Yeah. Another way of saying, no regrets about Feta. Indeed. That's it. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, if you want the full story of the fire that Ingo started in the cars, the please subscribe fire to... Fire Shin. Fire Shin. <laughs> that means a little fire. Um, you can subscribe on Patreon or Twitter. And until next time, Slava Ukraini, and don't bite anyone unless they ask you to. That's right. Bye. <laughs>